I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this a couple of times a week. You can subscribe at iTunes for free, Heidi Harris Show. You can also catch my live radio show in Las Vegas weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m., so Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m., at AM 670 KMZQ in Las Vegas. I got a kick out of this column in Politico over the weekend about social media and Trump. And here's the headline, The Tech Industry's 2020 Trump Trap. And they go on and on about how the tech industry helped support Donald Trump winning. Of course, the tech industry supported both sides because they want to make money, and they make a lot of money during campaign seasons. Everybody understands that. To quote some of the Politico article, two and a half years ago, companies including Google and Facebook gave the then-Republican nominee the same technical assistance they lent to other candidates. Despite widespread distaste among their largely liberal employees for his comments about women, minorities, and immigrants. Yeah, I guess that's because the people at Facebook and Google and these folks, they like money more than they like their principles. See, if I really didn't like somebody, I wouldn't bother trying to help them. And I, obviously, if you're a business, you need to be agnostic about these things for the most part. But if I were a campaign manager or something like that, I just wouldn't bother with someone I didn't like. I don't put people on my show I don't like. I put people on my show I disagree with, but I don't put people on my show I don't like. Of course, I don't charge people to come on my radio show anyway. I know some people who do that, but no, I don't do that. But the fact is that Google and Facebook only care about money. Everybody knows that. Politico goes on to say, but now the companies are facing rising pressure from liberal activists to withhold any technical or financial aid for the president and the GOP. Now, of course, this puts everybody in a tough spot because clearly Facebook and Google and all these things, they want to be a part of the debates. I remember a couple of years ago when they did a presidential debate in Las Vegas, everywhere you look, there was a Facebook pin, there was a Facebook notebook, all kinds of things were provided for the debate for people in the press like me. And that was all done, obviously, as part of the investment. Facebook, according to Politico, contributed a million dollars in cash to the Republican convention in 2016. Google chipped in half a million and Twitter about $250,000. Once again, why do you do that? Because you want a presence. You don't want half the population to not know you exist or certainly not think that you, you know, should be top of mind when it comes to these kind of things, all right? But here is what the folks at Politico, and by the way, this column was written by Nancy Scola. What she's missing about this is how much the press actually helped Donald Trump. There's a professor by the name of Daniel Christ. He's a communications professor at UNC Chapel Hill. He co-authored a study detailing the surprisingly active role tech companies played in helping the Trump campaign shape its message, da 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 da, da. He said, but politics is a very different business. He said Facebook and Google stood up in the political sphere, not thinking about how different it was than selling soap or any other consumer good. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> he also talks about how Twitter and Facebook and those kind of things actually helped push pro-Trump messages. But that's because people actually put the messages online, and we could argue about that all day long. But what's funny to me is what the press did. The press gave Donald Trump upwards of $2 billion in free marketing. That's what they did. I watched a documentary over the weekend, a PBS documentary about uh, Putin, and it was talking. It was called Putin Rising or something like that, and it was talking about his rise to power. Some of that I didn't know, but then it went on to talk about how social media and Facebook and those kind of things helped him win because Russia was interfering with the election and this and that and the other. Okay, here's the bottom line. People didn't like Hillary Clinton. That's a fact, and I think that putting stuff out there that made Hillary look bad just confirmed what a lot of people know. I don't know that anybody's 
mind was changed as a result of Hillary Clinton. And I think the only people who really didn't know who she was, who really maybe didn't have an opinion on her, were the people who maybe backed Bernie Sanders. And then when Bernie Sanders got screwed over by the DNC, if I were a younger voter and I liked Bernie Sanders and I didn't want to vote for Trump, I wouldn't vote for Hillary. I'd be so mad that my candidate got screwed over. And although I often like frontline documentaries, I know that every documentary has its bias, and they seem to not understand the fact that the press gave him a lot of attention for free, and that the right leaners didn't like Hillary Clinton and weren't going to like Hillary Clinton, and it didn't matter where the emails came from, it didn't matter who hacked them, they were DNC emails showing clearly that they were trying to destroy Bernie Sanders. I mean, hello, this isn't complicated. It wasn't like Donald Trump created this stuff. These were DNC emails. And instead of focusing on the fact that this shouldn't have happened to Bernie, they were focusing on, oh my gosh, who got a hold of these emails? It's like Jeff Bezos complaining about who got a hold of the text between him and his girlfriend. How about you don't cheat on your wife? I don't know if she knew or who knows what their situation was, but ultimately, hey, quit worrying about how people got it and don't do it to start with. But what they're missing, whether it's Politico or Frontline or anything else, they're missing the fact that the press gave Donald Trump $2 billion worth of free advertising. Every time he spoke, the press followed him around. Everything he said, they either retweeted or commented on. They are largely responsible for making him the candidate who became the nominee. Now, maybe he would have been the nominee otherwise, but a lot of people who maybe didn't even know Donald Trump, it's hard to imagine people didn't know Donald Trump, but maybe people didn't really know what he stood for. They knew him as a, you know, a reality show veteran, and they didn't really know him as a politician because he wasn't. Everybody got a chance to hear his message because the press followed him around constantly. Now, the reason the press did that, of course, is because they were hoping that he would be the nominee and then be slaughtered by Hillary Clinton. It never crossed their minds even the people like the 538 blog and things like that, even those people who think they're experts on politics, they never expected Donald Trump to win. I know a lot of people on the right didn't expect Donald Trump to even be the nominee, much less the winner. So they tried to help Donald Trump get elected. And then once he got elected, he was going after them and trying to shut them out of press conferences and this and that, the liberal-leaning press, that is. And it's so funny because they created this Frankenstein and they can't control him. They can't control him because of the way he tweets. He gets his message out to America every single day, unfiltered, because he knows how to do this. And that drives the press crazy. They're used to having a president, especially on the right, that they can eviscerate by taking what he says out of context and uh, this and that. We know what they do. And Donald Trump is, as far as I'm concerned, Donald Trump is single-handedly keeping Twitter afloat. Because he's got like 47 million followers on Twitter. I got news for you. They'd collapse if he left Twitter. And I understand he likes to get his message out. I'm not saying he should, but that would be a good punishment for those people. You know what? Here's the big finger, Twitter. I'm leaving. And I'm sure millions and millions of people wouldn't even bother with it if he left. So Politico and the folks at Frontline and all these other people are missing the fact that Donald Trump gets free publicity from these folks. They are responsible for what they've done. And I understand that there's a lot of consternation because Facebook apparently uh, would offer to embed people in various campaigns and help. Well, I don't blame them. Facebook's trying to make money. This is a business model. Now, Hillary Clinton apparently turned down the embedded people. Well, maybe she should have turned to Facebook and said, hey, how about if you embed some people in my campaign to help me? That was her campaign manager's fault, and that should have been done because Hillary Clinton assumed because she's been around forever that she just automatically was going to be the next person, and she didn't really count on Donald Trump coming out of nowhere and beating her butt, especially since she knew him. Now, I know 
he didn't win the popular vote. I get that. Uh, we all, we're not going to relive the 2016 election, but the fact of the matter is, it's funny to me that these guys are all sitting around in a circular firing squad going after it's Facebook's fault, it's Twitter's fault, it's Google's fault, it's this, it's that. No, it's not. It's the press. It's their fault because they know that Donald Trump sells I hate to say sells newspapers, that sounds so old, but he does. He sells newspapers, he sells clicks on websites, he sells people going to the television set to see what he said today. That's what he does, and those people are in the business to make money. Whether you're Facebook, Google, Fox News, CNN, any of these people, they can't afford to ignore him because there's just too much money in everything that Trump says. And even people uh, who are in the press, I mean, even I get tired of talking about the latest thing. I don't necessarily talk about everything Donald Trump does or everything he tweets. I get bored with the news cycle just like anybody else does. I get an overload, I get tired of it, and I don't necessarily want to talk about it. But I'm in a different you know, sphere because I can talk about what I want to on my talk show. I don't have to talk about Donald Trump whether or not he's interesting today. And there are a lot of folks in the press who are forced to talk about it every day. Why though? Because it gets eyeballs on the screen. So rather than waste their time going after Facebook and Google and everything else, oh, don't help Donald Trump, don't help Donald Trump. Well, do yourself a favor and turn the cameras off and you'll help the Democrat side right then, but you won't. It's like these police riots and things like that that they have sometimes in the inner cities or even in, you know, maybe not the inner cities if you have the Antifa folks. All you have to do is take the TV cameras away and most of the people will go home. And the press knows this and they don't care because they know that burning cars get eyeballs on the TV screen. It doesn't give you eyeballs on the TV screen if you go to the home of a black family who's sitting there quietly having dinner together, not out there protesting because their kids have been raised right and the parents are ladies and gentlemen and they're not protesting. See, that doesn't get anybody fired up. So they'll wait for a car to burn and then they'll stand there with their cameras and all they do is literally stoke the flames. And they know it. They're just as complicit as anybody else. So do me a favor, folks on the left, especially the left-leaning media, stop complaining about Twitter and Facebook and everything else, Google, all these other things. Stop blaming them for Donald Trump's rise and look to yourself. You're the ones who wouldn't turn the cameras off. <laughs> and you know, in 2020, it's going to be exactly the same thing. I can't wait. But it is kind of fun to watch the liberal websites go after each other, isn't it? Yeah. And it's fun to see that even though they didn't like Donald Trump, they like to buck even more. <laughs> I'm so shocked. I'm Heidi Harris. Join me weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on 670 a.m. KMZQ in Las Vegas. As I mentioned, I'm on 6 to 9 a.m. We have a great lineup there. and It's a lot of fun. You can also subscribe to this podcast at iTunes for free, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my latest book. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head. Blowback, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. Once again, the book's called Don't Pat Me on the Head. It's available on Amazon, and it kind of chronicles, uh, you know, my life before I got into radio and then my career, and it's got a lot of great behind-the-scenes stuff. So even if you don't even know who I am or you don't like me, <laughs> I still think you'll learn a lot about radio and uh, what goes on behind the scenes in cable news and all this if you read my book. So hopefully you'll pick it up. Don't pat me on the head. It's the title. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scott Rowe.